Hey, good morning, everybody. Good to see you guys today. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. We're so glad that you chose to be with us in God's house this morning. Uh, if, if you're a dad here this morning and you didn't receive your uh, light yet, if you'd lift your hand, I'll have somebody get one to you. Uh, we've got a gift for everybody. Did, did all the fathers receive a gift this morning? All right. Praise God. Well, uh, if you... <laughs> this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hang on. We're going to do that a little bit. Just hang on. Hang on. I got a plan, and if it works, man, praise God. It'll, it'll be so cool. Uh, thank you all for being here. Man, I'm glad that you chose to be here. We've got a lot of our church family that are on vacation today, and so uh, we want to be praying safety over them as they travel uh, to all the, the places they have to go to and all the, the fun things that they're doing. And uh, we, we heard from Lynn and Sherry, they arrived safely at their vacation destination. And so praying for them to have a good time and all the others that are gone as well. I, I know Clint and Kim are uh, world travelers and they're gone as well. So many uh, that are traveling, but we're glad you're here today. And uh, we're expecting great things to happen in God's house because God's here, right? He said where two or three are gathered, he'd be there in the midst of them. So he's here, so it's going to be good. We want to worship the Lord, get into the Word. And so uh, if you want to stand with me this morning, that'd be perfect and in order. Uh, we're going to receive our offering. Come on, ushers. Thank you, Brother Randy, for the reminder. <laughs> Come on, ushers. Amen. Amen, amen. You know, I love this fellow right here. This is my buddy. He was my prayer partner for years and years, and or for a year. And uh, you seem like years and years, didn't it? Yes, yeah, like we prayed it. through a lot of stuff yeah, in that year's sure time. Did. We sure did. Anyway, God, I love this guy, brother Jerry. Would you ask the Lord to bless the offering today? Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this opportunity, Lord, to be in your house. Most of all, until this morning, Lord, you are the ultimate Father, Lord, for you gave, you gave your best, Lord. We as our as fathers continue to give our best. We're so thankful for you, Lord, all that you've done, Lord. We give you the praise. Amen. Because 
Where I 
to you, God, not only as a God, but as our Father. Father, we just want to honor you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, Dennis. Given me space 
Hallelujah. On this day of celebration of our earthly fathers, I believe it's really critically important to focus our praise on our Heavenly Father. Will you join me today in blending your voices and lifting praise unto Him this morning? Come on. Father, you're a good Father. You're a good, good Father. You love us, Lord. You protect us. You provide for us, Lord. You guard over us, Lord. When the enemy sneaks in, Lord, to, to cause chaos and havoc, Lord, you raise up a standard against him, and you cause all things to work for the good. Lord, we believe in you today. We trust in you today. We acknowledge, God, that with you, through you, from you, and by you, Lord, all things become possible. You're a good father, Lord. You give us an example of a good father, Lord. Oh, we praise you today. God, I speak a, an intervention, a supernatural divine healing around this room this morning. God, we pray over broken hearts. We pray over broken spirits. God, we pray over broken bodies. We ask, Lord God, that you would touch and minister healing, Lord, to to the most desperate among us. Lord, there are situations and circumstances that are swirling through people's minds even right this moment. And God, I pray right now that you bring a peace, a healing, a calmness to it, Lord. Lord, that, that you would intervene on their behalf. Lord, we believe you. God, we trust you. God, we know you have before. And God, we know you can again. We thank you that you are who you say you are. And you can do what you say you can do. We love you today, Lord. We give you praise. In the strong, anointed name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Come on and put your hands together for Jesus today. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. Turn and greet someone nearby today. Amen. Hey, if you did not uh, receive one of our Father's Day gifts, we, I would just ask you to just wave your hand at us. We'd love to uh, have somebody get one of those to you. Did, did everybody receive a gift this morning? Anybody? Somebody? Come on. Can I get a... 
Can I get a hey? All right. Well, I hope everybody was able to get one that wanted one, and uh, we'll be glad to pass them out if you didn't. And so thank you all again for being at God's house this morning. We love you. Uh, we appreciate you so very much. Happy Father's Day again to all the dads. We're excited to have you here, and uh, we're, we're grateful that you chose to be here. Many of you uh, are here to be with your father. I think that's very special. I think that's very important. Thank you for doing that. Um, I've, I've spent a, a little time over the last few days. We've been uh, spring cleaning in the middle of summertime and uh, throwing away and cleaning up stuff, and I, I've ran across so many pictures of my daddy uh, over the last few days. And boy, I'm telling you what, he was a mess. And uh, I miss, I miss, uh, yeah, thank you, Vonda. Thanks, thanks a lot. Chip off the old block, she says, right? And I, I think about my father this morning, and I, I think about my earthly daddy, and I, I loved, I loved, loved, loved that little man, and uh, he's, he's been gone home to, to be with the Lord for many years now, but uh, I think about him almost every day. I, I know some of you in this room today have, have recently lost a loved one, a, a parent, a, a grandparent maybe, uh, and, and, you know, I'd like to encourage you and say uh, th there will come a day when, when you stop thinking about them altogether. But, friend, that, honestly, that does never happen. Uh, they're always they're a part of you. Um, who we are is a, uh, a situation that happened because of the things those people poured into our lives. And so uh, hang on to those memories. Don't, don't continually mourn, but hang on to the memories you have of those people you love and, and, uh, and celebrate them. Uh, I, I want to be a celebration of Bill Dotson. I don't want to be a, a mourner over his life. I want to be a, uh, man, I've got so many great memories of my daddy uh, and all the spankings that he gave me, you know, and so uh, I, I want to celebrate that. And I want to get into the Word this morning, but before I do, I want us to praise the Lord together. Will you join me uh, this morning in giving our Heavenly Father a thanks and a praise today? Come on. Father, we bless you. God, we praise you. God, we exalt you. Uh, we thank you that you're here with us this morning, Lord, to move and to, to anoint God, to equip and to impart wisdom and power. Uh, Lord, thank you that you're here in our midst today, uh, Lord, to do good, good things. Lord, we love you. We rejoice in you today. God, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give him another hand clap of praise. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Again, happy Father's Day. I'm thankful for all of our fathers. Thank you for being here. How many would agree today that the world we're living in today is in desperate need of some men of God and some godly fathers? We need godly fathers in our society today. The truth is, is that we as a nation are under an attack right now. How many would agree with that this morning? What we're seeing in our nation, what we're seeing in our country as a whole, is that we're becoming more and more and more of a fatherless nation, a fatherless generation. I did some research and I did some study as I began to prepare for this word. And one of the things that I discovered is, is that the, the reason that we're becoming a fatherless generation is not necessarily always because of divorce. Uh, at one point in time, our, our nation, the United States of America, led the world in the divorce rate. Uh, and that's a very sad statistic to have. But, but the good news is the divorce rate is on the decline. But the sad news is the marriage rate is on the decline as well. And so here's the reality. The divorce rate is going down because the marriage rate is going down. People aren't getting divorced because they're not getting married. Am I in the right place this morning? 
The fact of the matter is, church family, we need fathers to step up and to fulfill the role. They need to be the daddy. They need to be the husband that God has called them to be. Sadly, in this nation, it is filled with many people that would be considered as a, a deadbeat dad who's skipping out on their responsibility of raising their children. We're in a country uh, that's broken apart simply because men failed to fulfill the responsibility that they had as a daddy to their children growing up. All these snowflakes that are running around in our society today. Come on, I'm... <laughs> All these little people who get their little feelings hurt so easily uh, because somebody didn't use the right personal pronoun when they addressed them. Hello, young lady, how can I help you today? I'm not a lady. Well, that's funny because you sure look like one, right? They got their feelings hurt because you didn't use the right personal pronoun in addressing them. Uh, they got upset and, and they're melting as a little snowflake would melt in the hot sun. And I believe part of the reason for that was they didn't have a daddy that when they fell off their bicycle and got a boo-boo, didn't look them in the eye and say, rub some dirt on it, you'll be okay. I don't know about you, but I'll never, ever forget uh, a time in my life when I was playing second base and I went down to pick up that hot uh, ball that had been hit to me and that baseball jumped over the top of my glove and hit me in the nose and flattened my nose out all the, across the front of my face. Blood squirted everywhere and I laid there crying and Daddy came out and he said, Get up. Everybody's looking at you. Get up off the ground. Rub some dirt on it. Go to the bench. You're going to be okay. And I got up and I went to the bench and I sat there for one inning. And guess what? I went right back in the game and played second base for the rest of that ball game. Thank God no balls came to me that day. But <laughs> Dads, we have a job. Dads, we have a responsibility. Guys, we got a duty to fulfill. I personally believe what's happening in our nation today is a result of a fatherless generation. I've shared this idea, this thought with you before, that it's the work of the enemy himself. I believe the enemy knows that if he can remove the father out of the equation, then he can destroy the family unit. If he can remove the father out of the equation and we don't look to an earthly father, how can we look to a heavenly father if we won't even acknowledge an earthly one? Listen, we need good fathers to rise up in the day that we're living in. And ladies, please understand your pastor's not being insensitive to the single mom today. I know that there's many moms that have uh, had to play double duty. They've had to fulfill the role of, uh, of raising children because the, the father failed to fulfill his role. Uh, they've had to be a mama and they've had to be a daddy. I'm not insensitive to you. You've done a good job. And many, by the grace of Almighty God, have raised outstanding godly children uh, to be a part of our community. Thank God for moms that were willing to step up and to fulfill that role. Amen? But the truth of the matter is, God's design for the family was that there would be a mother and a father working together in, in unity to raise their children in the love and the admonition to serve Almighty God. I cannot overstate the importance of the role that a father plays in developing his children. Fathers fulfill many roles. Can you say amen? On this Father's Day, I could go around this room and ask you about your role and your responsibility as a daddy, and we'd get 10 gazillion different answers as to what you believe your responsibilities are. Here's just a few that I wrote down. You're a protector and a provider. How many of you think that's part of your job? When something goes bump in the night, who is it? Daddy? Sick them. 
Daddy, go find out what's going on. What, what kind of booger man was that? Daddy, kill the spider crawling up the wall. We don't even have kids that live in our house anymore. But Daddy, kill the spider that's crawling up the wall. As a daddy, you're a diaper changer. I know David Stewart might uh, disagree with his pastor, but that's part of our role. That's part of our responsibility. I don't care what your gag reflex may be. Your job is to help that lady change the diapers. You created that baby. Guess what? You get to clean them up every once in a while. You're the monster slayer. You get to look under the bed every night before you pray with your kid. You're the garbage disposal. What does that mean, Pastor? That means all the food that's left on your daughter's plate after she's done eating, you get to eat that too. <laughs> you are the boyfriend inspector or the girlfriend inspector, whatever the case may be. When they bring that little hairy-legged boy home, you always make sure that you're cleaning that 12-gauge shotgun. Chase Robertson is one of the guys that I like to uh, listen to, some of the things he writes down. I, I saw a, a story, an article he had written the other day about some little boy who came to pick up his daughter, uh, and when he walked in the door, he took a 12-gauge shotgun shell, and he threw him to the little boy, and he said, what's this for? And he said, I just want you to understand, if you bring her home late, or you're mean to her, or abusive to her, the next time it comes at you, a whole lot faster. <laughs> out the end of the barrel of a gun, just so y'all understand. You are a boyfriend inspector. You are the rule enforcer. One of the things me and Vonda used to fight about the most was she'd tell the girls, you wait till your daddy gets home. And so guess what? That makes daddy to be the bad guy. I would tell her, you go ahead and beat them if they need a beating, and if they need another one, I'll give it to them when I get home, right? As daddy, you are the fishing guide, you're the teacher. That's just to name a few of the things that, that you're a part of. I was talking to Brother Hawkersmith the other day about uh, the girls. He said, I've never done so much math until Allison got to the grade that she's in right now. In my opinion, probably the most important role that a father can fulfill in the family is the role of a leader. I believe we need to fulfill that role of leader, men. Uh, because here's the simple truth. If we're not leading our family, somebody else is going to do that. I don't want the world to lead my family. I don't want the government to lead my family. I don't want some politician or some uh, professional athlete who is definitely not the right role model for my family to lead my family. I want to be the man of God that God has called me to be, and I want to lead my family towards Jesus Christ. And so today, through the Word of God, I pray the, the Holy Spirit will allow me to speak to you and, and speak to me, yes, as well, about what it means to be a, a true leader. Find your Bibles, if you would, please. We're going to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. We begin with one very simple scripture from Brother Paul. Paul says... Imitate me, follow me, as I imitate Christ, or as I follow Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word today. God, I need your word more than I need anything else today. I need your help, Lord. I need the motivation, God, of the Holy Spirit. I need the peace that surpasses understanding. And God, I pray today that in this room you'll Bring enlightenment through your word. Bring the truth of your word to light. And God, may we follow you wholeheartedly. 
I love you, Lord. I praise you, God. I give you thanks and glory, and I ask all these things in the amazing anointed name of Jesus. And all of God's people agreed today and said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap one more time, please. I'm thankful today for a godly example. I'm thankful today for godly fathers. I'm thankful today for true leaders. How many believe you desire to be a true leader in your home and your family this morning? Men, I believe with all my heart that God has called you. Yes, I believe God has ordained you to be the leader of your family. Let me state that strongly one more time because I want to emphasize that part. I believe God has called you. I believe God has ordained you. I believe God has equipped you to be the leader of your family. Now, ladies, please understand your pastor today. I am not being a male chauvinist today as I speak those words. I'm being biblical today as I speak those words. The book of Ephesians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 describe the role of the, the man of the home and it describes the role of the woman of the home as well. I understand today that, that those scriptures are, are very controversial. It, it talks about the, the man and, and how he's supposed to love his wife as Christ loves the church. It speaks of how a woman is supposed to submit herself unto her own husband. I get these scriptures. I understand. And many of you say, I'm not submitting to anybody. But hear your pastor this morning. If your husband is living for Jesus Christ and he's pointing your family towards Jesus Christ, if he's the role model in the example that set a biblical standard, then lady, it ought to be easy for you to follow him. I don't know about you today, but the best way for me to learn something is by watching somebody else do it first, right? Yes, I can read a book. Yes, the, the instruction manual that normally comes with something you got to put together is, is usually a good fire starter. But until you actually watch somebody do something... It's hard to understand how to do it many times. So many things that I know how to do today are because my daddy, my earthly daddy, showed me how to do them first. Uh, he was the one that showed me how to work on things. Uh, he didn't know a whole lot about electrical parts, and uh, he would allow me, if something was broken, to, to tear it completely apart, to, to, to take every piece apart and, and try to put it back together again and see if it would work better than it did before. I loved to do that as a kid. Dad's philosophy on fixing stuff was, uh, if you can't fix it, son, tear it up so bad that so nobody else could ever fix it again either, right? <laughs> Daddy taught me how to hunt. He taught me how to fish. He instilled the love for the outdoors into me. Uh, my father showed me how to, to work hard and to never give up, to, no matter the opposition, no matter the, the, the things that was going on, no matter how hot it was or how cold it was, you still gave them a day's work for a day's pay. My father instilled that into me. He was my example, he was my leader, and I was blessed to have a father who was a true leader of our home and of our family. I was also very blessed to have a spiritual father uh, who was a true example of what a true leader looks like. My pastor, Gary Rogers, he showed me what a passion for Jesus really looked like. He showed me what servanthood and ministry was supposed to be about. He showed me an unwavering devotion to the Word of God, to the calling that was upon his life. And he showed me how to preach the Word of God uncompromisingly, no matter whose toes you were going to step on. I feel very blessed today to have such an incredible spiritual father in my life. He was a true leader of every ministry that he was ever a part of. 
And I believe that God would call us as men to be that example, to be that true leader. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I believe Paul set the standard for a generation. You go read the book of Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy, and what you'll find is that he, he began to talk about Timothy as being his very son. Uh, he, he loved Timothy as if he was his own child. There was no earthly uh, bloodline connection between the two of them, but he loved him and was willing to be a leader to him. And the book of Timothy was all written about giving leadership onto Timothy in direction for the calling on his life. He was following after God. He was spirit-filled. He was spirit-led. And that was the standard he set for those who would come after him. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. He was a true leader. Church, I want you to hear your pastor's heart this morning. There is a distortion of true leadership in the world today. In, in the world today, what we're seeing is a combination of comedic errors. Uh, every day it grows crazier. Every day it grows more stupid. Every, every day it gets more, excuse me, it gets more ignorant with every passing moment. The things we see going on from the highest offices of the land are an abomination in the eyes of Almighty God. A celebration of, of what God calls sin is what's happening from the highest offices in the land. That's not the leadership I believe we should be following. Hey, it's just not what I, I think I want my children to grow up seeing. Oh, yes, that's exactly what ought to be happening. Uh, and then we go to the, to the superstar realm of the, the movie stars, the actors and the actresses. And, and what we see is lawsuits that, that prop up against some of the most childish, ignorant things that you could possibly imagine. Yes, I want my son to grow up and act just like Johnny Damp. Damp Johnny Johnny. I wasn't going to say his last name, but now it's out. Johnny Depp. Yes, I want my daughter to grow up and act just like Amber Heard. I think that would be the exact thing that I'd want my children to do. How about you, right? Yeah, I want my children to grow up and act like some professional athletes. You know one of the greatest athletes of our generation that came through who set a godly standard was a gentleman by the name of Tim Tebow? Man, if he'd have came to my door and knocked and said, hey, I'd like to take one of your daughters out, I'd have said, go! <laughs> Please. <laughs> but we've got others. I'm talking to some athletes in this room today who will understand what I'm talking about. We've got others who are professional athletes that are getting paid millions and millions of dollars who Brother Dan won't even stand for the national anthem of the United States of America. Man, I don't want my kid to grow up and be like that. We're blessed to be Americans. We're blessed to have the freedom to, to gather and worship that we do. Listen, they don't need to get their, their example of what true leadership looks like from the world. They don't need it from the government. They don't need it from Hollywood. They don't need it from professional athletes. What they need is a man of God to step up and to say, I'll be the leader of my home. I'll be the leader of my family. Follow me, family, as I follow after Christ. That's the example I believe they need. So what do we just need to discover today about what a true leader really is? Well, to me, a true leader is one who leads in faithfulness unto God. If you've got your Bibles and want to turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 14 and 15 says this, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. 
Put away the gods, little g, which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves today, this day, whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in, in which land you dwell. But Joshua said, but for me and my house... For me and my wife, for me and my kids, we're going to serve the Lord. Thank God today for faithfulness. All we discover as we read through this story of Joshua is that Joshua was a true leader in faithfulness. Friends, let me tell you, whether you're a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl, we're called to be faithful even in an unfaithful world. Not only do we need to be faithful, but we need to be true leaders in faithfulness at the same time. Joshua was a true leader in faithfulness. He said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. In other words, I'm going to lead my family in being faithful unto serving God. Amen? Joshua was not only faithful to the Lord, but he was faithful to a man as well. In Exodus chapter 24, verse 13, the Bible says, So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. Joshua was willing to be faithful to brother Moses and stand by his side. He was willing to carry his briefcase. He was willing to be his assistant. He was willing to be in the second chair and not the first chair. Come on. He was willing to be faithful to brother Moses. Amen. He was also faithful to God. Uh, again, verse 15 of Joshua 24, he says, But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua said, I'm going to serve this guy who's the leader in my life, and I'm also going to serve God. He said, I put these two things as priority. I'm going to show everybody else around me what being faithful in leadership uh, looks like. Church, I want you to understand today. We need men and women of God who will be faithful to the Lord no matter what anybody else is doing around them. Church, we need true leaders who will lead in faithfulness just like Joshua did. Uh, as the world around us grows more and more evil and more and more corrupt, I, I believe that we need to rise up and set the standard and the example of true leadership and faithfulness. Sadly, we're seeing faithfulness on the decline towards people. How many would agree with that much today? People are no longer faithful to one another, and they're certainly no longer faithful to God either. At one time, a person could go to work for a company and expect to retire from that same company sometime in their lifetime. That doesn't happen in our world today. People are not faithful to their employees, and the employee is not faithful to that company either. We're always looking for the bigger, better deal, and as soon as it comes along, that's what we're going to go for, right? People are not faithful to people. Uh, people are not faithful to, uh, to that vow that they made once upon a time when they said, till death do we part. I sure wish you'd hurry up and die. At one time, people were faithful to a church. Many times what we see is that if the sun's shining and the fish are biting, at one time, people would love and serve God no matter what was going on around them. And nobody could sway them to go a different direction. Man, I'm going to love God with all my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength. We're so easily distracted today, church. Jesus said these words. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. You'll either hate the one and love the other, or you'll be loyal to, to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. 
Jesus was talking about money in this instant, but but let me tell you, uh, money is a God, and some people have other idols. They have other gods in their life that they're working for, that they're serving, and they're a whole lot more faithful to things than they are to God. We're a whole lot more faithful to the world and our flesh and our desires and our wants and our anger and our temper tantrums than we are unto God. Listen, it's time to show our children and it's time to show the generation around us what it looks like to be faithful no matter what's going on around us. My daddy. (laughs) Oh, Holy Spirit. My daddy was a, a pipe fitter welder. He's about this tall. He worked at a local 205 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He worked there as long as I can remember as a kid. He, uh, he, he worked uh, for Halliburton for many, many years, worked different places, but, but Daddy was a welder. He did that every day of his life that I can remember as a child growing up. They traveled for the longest time. They, they had to uh, go from place to place, from location to location. And, and mom would take my big brother Larry and, and they'd travel all over the country. And, and dad would get uh, put in a, a place working at a job. And, uh, and mom and dad, or mom and Larry would follow daddy to that location and they'd, they'd set up a house. And that's, they'd live there until that job was done. And then dad would get transferred someplace else and, and mom and Larry would follow him there. When Mama found out that she was pregnant with me, she said, Look, Bubba, we're putting down some roots. We're moving someplace. I'd like to be close to where my mom and daddy are, and we're going to buy a house, and I'm going to stay there. You go be wherever you want to be, but I'm going to stay someplace. Mom and dad moved into that little 800-square-foot house in North Tulsa, and it was about two blocks away from my granddad and grandma, and daddy started working out of the local there in Tulsa. He didn't have to travel after that point in time, and and that little fat baby named Gary came along. (laughs) My daddy, my daddy'd go work. Brother Steve, he'd go work 10, 12 hours a day under that hood. Wear them. I don't know how them guys do it. Steve, brother Steve's a welder. I don't know how you guys that have done that or do that for a living do that. Back in those days, I can remember Daddy would wear them long sleeve leather that keep the sparks from getting on him. It's funny, whenever I'd go help him, we built some backstops one time. He didn't let me wear them, and they just burned me up, man. <laughs> Daddy would go work under that welding hood all day, every day, 12 hours a day, and then he'd come home and, and plow the garden, plant the garden, Mow the yard. Load the dog box in the back of the truck and say, let's go hunt coons. And we'd be out all night long coon hunting. And they'd get up the next day and go to work. He'd grill us food on the, the, the grill, the barbecue, and... He'd protect us when the, the bump would go bump in the night. He'd kill all the spiders. My daddy was faithful. My daddy was faithful to be the dad. (laughs) He showed me what it looked like to be faithful. But friend, let me tell you, there comes a place and a time where we need to be faithful more than just in the physical things. But we've got to be faithful in the spiritual things as well. What's a true leader look like? Well, he's 
faithful to lead in righteousness. Another thing I believe a true leader is, is, is this. I believe he leads not only in, in faithfulness, but he leads in righteousness as well. In the book of Ezra, chapter 7, verse 10, the Bible says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach the statutes and ordinance in Israel. Praise God. Ezra was a leader in righteousness. The Bible says that he, he set his heart to seek the law of the Lord. Come on. I mean, understand that's the Pentateuch. That's what Moses received. That's the word of Almighty God. He's, the Bible says he set his heart to seek the law and to do it and then teach it to other people. Man, that's a leader in righteousness, right? How many know the, the law or the word of God shows us the path to righteousness? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I've, I've spoken about Timothy already, but 2 Timothy 3, 16. Paul told Timothy, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof and correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Amen. The Bible says Ezra set his heart to know the Word, to do the Word, and to teach the Word. Man, that's incredible to me. What a true leader in righteousness. If you're knowing the Word and doing the Word, you're doing righteousness. And if you're teaching the Word, then you're teaching righteousness. You're teaching leadership in righteousness. Church, I want you to understand today, we need some men who will rise up and be true leaders in righteousness like Ezra. Uh, what can only happen through a desire to know the Word of God, to do the Word of God, and to teach the Word of God to the generation around us. Again, sadly, in the movies and the television uh, and from our government, we're being told that we need to question the statutes, the principles, and the precepts of the Word of God. Did God really say that? Did God really mean that? Is that what really God wants for your family? Listen, if it feels good, do it. You just do whatever you think is the right thing to do. You live your life however you want to. Oh, our nation wasn't founded on the principles found in the Word of Almighty God. You just live life helter-skelter and do whatever you think you want to do. That's what's being taught in our nation. That's what's being proclaimed from the highest offices of our land. And sadly, it's caught on and people are running with the ball. Even more sad than that is the fact that in many churches and pulpits across the world today, there seems to be a departure from the truth word of Almighty God, and it's being replaced by the teaching and the telling of some cute little stories that make us feel good about ourselves, and we can just pick it up and go with it. Listen, if there's not a challenge from the Word of God, Amen. I've told you for eight years, that Bible that we preach out of, that word, it's sandpaper. It is sandpaper. And if it doesn't rub you raw every once in a while, it's not doing its job. We need the Word of God to be a chisel. We need the Word of God to be sandpaper. Uh, and and if, you're, if you're stony enough, if you're hard enough, we need the Word of God to be a blowtorch in our life. Because we've got so many bumps and bruises and high spots and, and attitudes and, and thoughts of our flesh and desires of our flesh and, and wrong teaching that's been indoctrinated into us and brought into our lives. We need the truth of the Word of God to bring us to a place of righteousness. Yeah. got to have the Bible, guys. <laughs> the kids need somebody to teach them that. Your kids need somebody to teach them that. Yeah. 
Well, that's why I sent him to the youth group on Wednesday night. That's, that's Jason and Jill's job. I mean, come on, they're incredible youth pastors. Yes, you're absolutely right. They're incredible youth pastors. Well, Jonathan and Courtney will teach them that down in children's church. I mean, that's why we send them to children's church, isn't it? Yes, they're incredible children's pastors. But if there's not some reinforcement of stuff like that when they get back home, what our generation accepts, the next generation will embrace. I believe we must stay in the Word. I believe it will lead us to righteousness. Jesus said in Matthew 6.33 that we're supposed to seek the kingdom of God first and His righteousness. Seek Him. We've got to seek the Word of God. We've got to do it and we've got to teach it to others. Uh, the, the Bible says in James 1 and 22, be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Amen. Do the Word. Do the Word. And in Proverbs 6 and 22, you know this had to happen on Father's Day. It says, train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. So read the Word of God, do the Word of God, and teach the Word of God. And you're leading people towards righteousness. To hear the Word of God is one thing, but to do the Word of God means to be a true leader. And when you're doing the Word of God, listen, the people around you are going to catch on and say, there's something different about that man. There's something different about that lady. They don't act like the rest of the world. They stand out from the crowd. I don't know what it is about them, but I want that in operation in my life. It's a leader in righteousness. What's a true leader? They lead in righteousness. And another thing I believe we need to hear today, a true leader is, is a leader in passion as well. Book of Psalms 27, verse 4. David says, One thing, one thing I desire of the Lord, that I might seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. That's one of my favorite scriptures, guys. David had a one-thing mentality. David had a one-thing mindset. He said, one thing's important to me. The thing that I desire the most is to seek the Lord in the house of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. I'm going to go to church and learn. David was a leader in passion. He lived in pursuit of Almighty God. It's echoed by the Psalm 84, verse 2, where it says, My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. He said, listen, I don't want an imitation. I don't want some cheap knockoff. My heart and my flesh cry out for Almighty God. The truth is, David, oh, King David went through some crud in his life. He had lots of ups and downs. He had lots of ins and outs. He had lots of problems. When David, after he had destroyed Goliath and and he became a part of Saul's uh, army, he became a part of his leadership. Uh, When David would go out to war and he'd come back, all the women would gather together and they'd sing his praise. They'd talk about how great he was and how many thousands that had been slain by his hand. And his leader Saul would get upset and get mad at him and eventually begin to throw spears at him. When he restored the Ark of the Covenant to its rightful place in Jerusalem, his wife looked at him from an upper room and looked down upon him and said, Oh, how the king has dignified himself today. 
He had a moral failure. He had spiritual victories. But still through it all, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. No matter the ups or no matter the downs, no matter what he was going through, no matter the victory or the failure, the Bible records David as being a man after his own heart. And I submit to you today, that's because he was passionate about God. No matter what happened in his life, the first thing David would do, whether he won or whether he lost, David would seek after God. We need people to be leaders like, like David. We need people who will be leaders in passion. No matter the ups, no matter the downs, no matter what we're going through, no matter the accusations, no matter the lies, no matter the threats, no matter the, the layoff at work, no matter the, the financial difficulty, no matter the health situation, no matter what we're going through, we need people who will be passionate about God no matter what. The reality is, is that when people have a need in their life, they really can get passionate about God. They'll pursue Him. They become passionate about Him. And friend, that's awesome. That's when you need Him the most is when you're going through a difficult time. But the sad reality is, is that for far too many people, as soon as they get through their hard time, as soon as they get through their problem, as soon as the answer comes their way that they were praying about, they're done with God. Listen, friend, when the answer comes, it's not a time to give up on God, but it's a time to pursue Him and praise Him and say, Thank you, Lord, you got me through this storm. Many people's passion level comes and goes, and their pursuit is forgotten when their need is met, and far too many people turn back to the, to the way it used to be after their answer comes along. Listen, we need people who will be passionate for God the same every day, no matter what's going on in their life, no matter the ups or the downs. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Jesus said, love the Lord your God, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That's the first and greatest commandment. Do you know what I read as I... Look at that scripture that Jesus spoke. To me, it speaks of a continual commitment. Lord, I'm going to love you with all my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength as long as I'm healthy and my bills are paid. Lord, I'm going to love you with all my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength as long as things are going my way. Lord, I'm going to love you as long as everything and, and everybody likes me and everything goes well. Brother Alan Reynolds' mom is going through a battle right now. But you can't tell me for one second that Alan has given up on God. Or that he doesn't love him with all his heart, his mind, his soul, and his strength. Sister Kathy Cook has been at the hospital for days with her daddy. He's finally home and she's still running, trying to help and take care of. And, but you can't tell me for one minute that she's given up her love of God. Brother Dan, a few years back, went through a, whoa, a battle. My encouragement to Dan over and over was, God's got it, Dan. God's got it, Dan. God's got it, Dan. Right. Through it all, I saw him stand and keep loving God. Yeah. Guys, we've got to teach the people around us. 
We've got to be passionate about God no matter what's going on, no matter who's standing in the pulpit, no matter who's singing the songs, no matter what somebody said about you, no matter how you felt when you walked in the door, God's still God and He's still worthy of our passion and our pursuit. So what is a true leader? They're a leader in passion. Church, what I see in this world today is that we're living, we're living in it with an absence of true leadership. And then in the absence of true leadership, people will rush to, to follow anything. If there's not somebody who will rise up and say, follow me as I follow Christ, man, people will fall in line and follow anything. And you know what happens when we'll follow anything? It can eventually lead us to death. If ever there was a time for true leaders to rise up to the top, I believe it's today. I believe God's calling men of God to be true leaders that will lead their family. Lead them in faithfulness. Lead them in righteousness. Lead them in passion. There's one more thing I believe we need to, to lead in today, and that is this. I believe we need to lead people in shining. Amen. Pastor, that's four points on a Sunday morning. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I'm not really sure how this is going to work out, but I know what the Holy Spirit told me to do. And so that's what we're going to do. Brother Allen, would you do me a favor and pull that little safety cover off and push that very bottom button? Thank you, sir. God's called us as husbands and dads to be leaders, true leaders. And one of the things I believe He's called us to lead in is shining. Let your good deeds shine. Let your good work shine so that the people around you may be illuminated by that. If you'll help me today, men, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you received a lantern... I don't want to embarrass you. I'm just going to ask you to stand right to where you're at. Turn your light on. Man, I wish y'all could see it from my point of view. I wish you could see it from where I'm at. Amen. There's some more men getting their lanterns right now. <laughs> Let them shine, guys. Let them shine. This is our job. Yes. Yes. This is our responsibility. Yes. This is our duty. Thank you, Lord. This is a little bitty light. But look how much light it puts off. Yeah. Look how bright it is in this room just by these lights. Yeah. This is our job. Thank you, Lord. As a daddy, I'd be working on something and I'd have my kid hold the light for me. As a kid, my daddy would be working under the truck. And, and back then, we didn't have something as fancy as this. We had a, a light that was on a drop cord. And you had to run that extension cord and hold it just as good as you could so, so it would be right there. So we could see what we were doing. So we could see where we were going. 
So many nights I'd follow my daddy through the woods and he'd have one of them wheat lights on and we'd be coon hunting and I could see the path in front of me because dad was shining the light. It's our job. It's our responsibility. True leaders shine. I'm going to ask Julie and Dennis to come. Would you mind standing with your family today? Dads, keep your lights on if you wouldn't mind. Alan, leave that light out. Stay. True leaders. True leaders. I've never failed as your pastor to give an altar call for salvation, and I, I don't want to start today. If there's some here today who do not know Jesus as Lord of your life, I want to pray with you personally this morning. If you're here and you say, Pastor, that's me, I need Jesus. If you just, I know there's many hands already lifted with the lights, and I'm not going to count you guys. That'd be the greatest <laughs> altar call I'd ever given. But if you're here and you need Jesus, would you lift your hand? I want to pray with you. Dads, here's what I'd ask you to do today. Your family's nearby you. It's close to you today. I'd ask you to let that light be the illuminator for those around you. And I'd ask you to spend some time today just as a family collectively praying together. Praying with those people nearby you. If, if, you're, if your dad's not here today, listen, the, the promise of our Heavenly Father yes. is that He'd be a father to the fatherless. Yeah. I know for many of you, your dad may have already gone to heaven or he might not be in church this morning. But know that the Lord is nearby you today. Yeah. He loves you. Yeah. And He's as close as your whispered prayer. So what I'd ask you to do today to conclude this service is let your light shine for your family. Be a true leader today. Pray for those that are nearby you. And if, if you don't have a light nearby you today, cry out to the, to the source of the light. Cry out to Jesus. He is the light of the world. I love you. God bless you today as you pray. I will lean back in the loving arms 
of a beautiful father breathe deep and know that he is good he's a love like no other
Father, Abba Daddy, we love you. Lord, as men, as men we struggle sometimes to, to know what to do or how to do it. But you've shown us. You've made it so, so understandable. Your word is our instruction manual. Lord, may we pick up your word and in this time of our world and the absence of true leaders. God, may we set the standard. May we be the the moral compass. May we be the light that shines. God, may we be the true leaders that you've called us to be. Lord, I know there's some ladies in this room that are having to fulfill the role of of the leader of their home. Lord, help them today. Help them, Lord. They're trying to do double duty. And God, it's only by your grace and your mercy that that's going to be possible. God, may they cling closer to you than they ever have before. God, may they be the true leader. In the absence of a leader, Lord, may the leadership that people follow be a Christly one. May we be able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Lord, bless these people today. Bring us back tonight that we might gather to worship you once again. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you all today. Go let your light shine.